Thank you. You may be seated. God is good, isn't he? God is so good. Our Heavenly Father, who just welcomes us with open arms. Whatever your need is today, he asks you to just come and bring it to him. He will hear you. He will hear your prayer. But he welcomes you with a warm embrace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we've sung these songs this morning, they remind us of how great and wonderful and awesome your love is. Thank you that you welcome us with open arms. You welcome us with a warm embrace. But wherever we've been, whatever we've done, you just encourage us to come. And so today we come as a congregation, as a church family, as individuals, we come and we bring our burdens, our needs to you. Heavenly Father, just move throughout this congregation this morning. Encourage hearts, strengthen bodies, bring healing where that is needed. Give forgiveness where we have sinned. Just come and minister here to us. We also think of Pastor Franklin and Sarah as they are wrapping up their time away. Lord, that they will come back strengthened and refreshed and renewed for a new season of ministry. Watch over them. Be with the church here. You know the needs of the church here for a pastor. We pray that you would just provide exactly the right person for this hour for this community, for this need. But we also pray for the community. And Lord, we just pray that you would give each one of us a burden and a passion for the needs of those around us. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we as individuals, that we as a church would be a witness to this community. That as people watch our lives, as they listen to our words as we interact with them that they would be drawn to Jesus Christ use us at this time in history to make a difference here in this community be with us as we move on into the service that you would just have your way here in a very special and wonderful way and we commit ourselves we commit this service to you in Jesus name we pray amen
Thank you, worship team. Thank you to uh, our traveling musicians here. Um, Bill is here from Parts Unknown. Um, it's always a pleasant to have the one-man band here. Um, he was going to play a different different guitar, but we couldn't figure out how to wire it into the sound system. So it wouldn't have sounded any better. It wouldn't have sounded any better. Yeah, we always keep you on mute. No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, what a blessing our team is. Thank you for leading worship this morning. Thank you for uh, Judy leading the prayer and two lines before the song before prayer ended i said oh judy can you do the pastoral prayer it's like oh yeah i can do that so i just appreciate everybody's flexibility and uh, it's always always a pleasure so there's something up on the screen first welcome to everybody we're doing a ministry questionnaire maybe we can hit that last slide that has it full screen we just want to gauge who's going to be participating in the different bible studies and breakfasts and things so um, I'm going to give you permission to take your phone out, open the camera app, and it'll bring a link to that. And if you want to do that now, it'll give you an opportunity to say, I'm going to, I'd like to attend maybe a morning study, an afternoon study, or I want to do the men's breakfast or the ladies' breakfast. Um, can you get that, Bill? Somebody might need to uh, help them out. So we just wanted to do that so you can zoom in on it too if it, if it helps on your camera. And then it'll just show a link at the bottom for you to just fill out you know, um, what your interest is. I also put a link on our Facebook page. So if you're not already uh, a member of our Facebook page, you'll uh, just go to Mosaic Church Katyville uh, on Facebook and you'll see that. Um, and if you, you don't care to do either one of those, just see um, me or Nate, we'll say, after, after the service, and we'll help you sign up for it, okay? Now just let us know what your interests are. If you're not interested in any of them, but you want to just give us your, your name and your address and your, or your name and your email address, we can, we can include you for uh, stuff like that. But um, we are getting ready to start the, the men's and ladies' breakfast, and I was, I was told to remind you of the ladies' breakfast coming up on September 16th, 10 a.m., bring food, ladies, here, right? Is that all of it, Deb? And there's a sign-up sheet if you want to say what you're bringing, so <clears throat> not everybody brings bacon. That wouldn't be a wall. That wouldn't be bad, though. <clears throat> so uh, so if, you, if you would take some time to do that, just sign up and um, let us know who will be participating. Gives us a, a little bit of time to plan for that. And those are those are the main things hap you know getting ready as we as we kind of slide into fall. Um, I wasn't sure if I should wear a long sleeve shirt today or a short sleeve shirt, shorts, long pants. So I don't know. I just crank the air down and we'll call it good. But this weather, right? And as always, we thank you for the tithes and offerings that you give. Um, if you'd like to give, there are drop boxes by the back doors. There are online options as well. And you can also designate uh, any of the ministry or the overseas missionaries that we support just by writing an amount in missionaries. We support three families uh, serving overseas. Actually, I think two of them are overseas now and one of them, are, they're home for the summer before they, they head back out. So, But um, I know that they look forward to the support that, that we contribute to that. Um, Debbie, you're going to be bringing the scripture to us, so why don't you come up on, come on up here now, and then Judy's going to bring the message today. Thank you. 
Good morning. I'll be reading uh, Paul's vision and his thorn, and that's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surprisingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my, my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Praise God for those scriptures. God is good, isn't he? God is so good. Thank you, Deborah, for reading that. I've been wanting to preach on this passage of Scripture for quite some time, but it didn't seem quite appropriate. But this is a follow-up, actually, of the sermon I preached two weeks ago. And I'm not going to ask you any questions about it. I'm not going to test your memory. But it's a follow-up of, of the sermon from two weeks ago. But let's ask God to guide us this morning as we look at his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your love for us. We thank you for your grace that is available to us, no matter what we are facing. We thank you for what you have for us this morning. Speak to our hearts, we pray. And we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Two weeks ago, I shared a message entitled, Mountain Moving Faith. And the focus was on how God honors our faith and answers our prayers, even when our faith is only the size of a little tiny, tiny mustard seed. And I did wear my mustard seed necklace again, just as a reminder. We don't need great big faith. All we need is a little tiny faith and a great big God, and he does hear, and he does answer prayer. I shared that God answers prayer in three different ways. Sometimes he answers yes, and we love that when he answers yes, don't we? Sometimes he says no, and that can be painful. And sometimes he says, wait, it's not my time, not yet. Not yet. And we shared last, a couple of weeks ago, how God answered prayers in wonderful ways in several situations. And I was reminded a few weeks ago as I was going back over some old sermons, 
how God answered prayer in a marvelous way for a gentleman we prayed for. This was a number of years ago. He had been in an ATV accident, seriously injured. Ended up in ICU on life support. The doctors gave little hope. But the prayer team started praying and praying. In a week's time, he was out of ICU. He was back home again. God worked a miracle. God worked a miracle. We love those stories, don't we? We love to hear how God answers prayer and works miracles. But there are times when God's answer is wait. And our patience is tested. You know what? We are not a very patient people, are we? I'm not a very patient person, and I know some of you, and I know some of you are not very patient. But there are times when God's answer is not now. Not yet. Wait. Be patient. And there are times we just have no clue why God's answer is delayed. We think what we are asking for is a good thing. We think it's a wonderful thing. And we think it would give God honor and glory. But there are times he says, wait. Sometimes the timing is not right. Sometimes he wants to teach us patience. Sometimes he wants to teach us lessons, and we need to wait for his time for him to work. Then there are times when God's answer is no. We pray with good intentions, but God's answer is no. And it's hard for us to understand and sometimes hard to accept when God says no. It's hard for us to understand that God may have a better plan because we are so focused on that one thing. Let me share a few things here that remind us that God sees the overall picture. I remember sharing with you a while back that in 1999, I was diagnosed with a major heart issue that was going to require open heart surgery. Our son was only two years old when I was diagnosed. I prayed for a miracle. I had our pastor, Pastor Ralph Chapman, at that time, I had him anoint me with oil for healing. I had him pray over me. I had our district pastors pray for me. And God's answer was no, I'm not gonna heal. And it wasn't until later on that we discovered that God heard God answered, and may not have been the way I wanted, but God heard our prayers. When I finally made it to Burlington for the open heart surgery, the doctor um, did the open heart surgery. When the surgery was done, he went out and talked to my husband, and he said to my husband, how did you get her here? Well, I drove her. You know, it made sense. You know, I, we got in the car and we drove over. He said, no. How did you get her here alive? God did not work a miracle of healing like I wanted. My idea, my plan was, if I didn't have to undergo open heart surgery, that'd be a whole lot easier for my husband to take care of a two-year-old who was three by the time I had surgery. But God's miracle was to keep me alive day after day after day until I could have that life-giving surgery. See, sometimes God works miracles Sometimes he works through the medical profession. 
And sometimes his answer is a daily provision for us. I was reminded recently of a job interview that my husband went on in Florida. It was, would, be a, would have been overseeing a campgrounds, a Christian campgrounds down in Florida. He went down for the interview. He loved the place. He said it was beautiful. It was amazing. And it was in a good Christian atmosphere. But the door closed. I mean, the door slammed shut. That door closed, even though he would have gladly taken that position. But while he was on his way back home, the phone rang. It was his old boss saying, I need to talk to Rudy. I'd like for him to come back and work for me again. And it wasn't until a few weeks or a few months later that we saw why God said no. We don't always see or know why God says no, but this time we saw it. Just a few weeks after he got home, a horrible hurricane hit Florida and virtually wiped that place off the map. If we had been there, if we had been there, we could have been killed, we could have lost everything. God sees those things that we cannot see. We think we see, we think we know, but he sees those things that we cannot see. And we need to trust him, don't we? We need to trust him. You see, we see just our little tiny part of the picture. But God sees the whole picture. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. How many of you like to do jigsaw puzzles? I, I did until I, ha I had Brandon, and then after I had Brandon, something went haywire with my vision more so than it had been, and so I haven't done jigsaw puzzles in a long time, but you try to find those pieces to go where they belong. And sometimes those pieces all look alike, don't they? My mother, my brother Tom gave my mother a jigsaw puzzle that was all red raspberries and green leaves. Talk about a challenge. And she had all most together when my cat jumped up on the table and knocked the pieces all over the place <laughs> and had to start all over again. But you know what, those little pieces, but life is like that, isn't it? All we see is that little piece we're focused on, but God sees the whole picture. I can't help but think as we come to September, what happened on September 11th, a number of years ago down in New York City, with those two planes crashing into the World Trade Center, those buildings, those twin towers, and I can't help but think sometimes of the number of people that didn't make it to work that day for one reason or another. Taxi didn't come. They had to stop to pick up medication at the pharmacy. One thing or another caused a number of people not to make it to work that day. The one that I remember, the story I remember the most, is this one individual who got ready for work walked out of their apartment, and the door wouldn't lock. They never had problems before with that door or that lock. They never had problems after that, but that day, that door would not lock. You know, where we live, it would not be an issue to leave the door unlocked. 
And New York City, you don't leave doors unlocked. You don't leave anything like that. So they wrestled with that door for quite a period of time. They didn't make it to work because of that door that wouldn't lock. They didn't make it to work and their, their life was spared. When God says no, he has a bigger plan than we have. He sees what we cannot see. May God help us. One of the greatest biblical examples of God saying no to one of his children who was clearly doing the will of God was the Apostle Paul. There are times when God says no because people are clearly outside of his will. But there are times when God says no to people who are clearly inside of his will. And Deborah read that portion for us this morning from 2 Corinthians. Paul had been blessed to have been given some wonderful revelations from God. But he said, to keep me from becoming conceited, God also gave me a thorn in the flesh. Now, what do we know about thorns? Thorns are painful, aren't they? Thorns are painful. They're annoying. They're painful. If you've ever picked blackberries, Jim and I were talking about picking blackberries. I used to go blackberry picking with my father. And I don't know, I, I wasn't gentle about it. I was not gentle about it. I would just throw myself right into those bushes, and I'd come home with scratches, with briars, with everything else. It's hard to get those briars back out, isn't it? But they're painful. They're annoying. Rose bushes. Roses are beautiful. In fact, I posted a picture on Facebook yesterday of one lone rose blossom on our rose bush had blossomed, that had blossomed way earlier in the summer. Where this one came from, I have no idea. The roses are beautiful, aren't they? The foliage looks great, but the briars? My father had a rose bush right next to the garage door. And I'll tell you, <laughs> trying to get in and out of that garage door, because one of these with the old barn doors that you open this way instead of that have the door opener that goes up, very, very painful. Thorns are painful, aren't they? And we don't know what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. We really don't know. Bible scholars, theologians have conjectured. Some feel that it was because of an eye problem caused by him being struck blind on the road to Damascus. Some think it was another physical ailment. Some have even conjectured that maybe it was a difficult individual or a difficult relationship. We really don't know, do we? And I'm thankful we don't know. I'm thankful that Paul doesn't tell us. I'm thankful the Bible doesn't tell us. You want to know why? The thing is, if, if Paul has said, well, my thorn was this or that, we might not be able to relate to that. But because he is very general, it tells us, you know what? God was able to help Paul with his thorn, with his struggle, he can help me with my thorn, with my struggle, with the difficulty that I face. Three times Paul begged and pleaded with God to take away that agonizing thorn. Not just once, not twice, but three times. What does that say to us? He was persistent. He wanted that thorn gone. 
he wanted that thorn gone. He wanted it done with. He wanted to be able to move on with his life. But God said no. But when God said no, God did something else for Paul Dennity. He gave him a promise. He gave him a wonderful promise. He said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. What a promise. When we think of grace, we usually think of grace in terms of our salvation, and we are. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, we are saved by grace through faith. It is God's grace that has made salvation available to us. But what we learn and discover here is that God's grace is also available to us and for us in our everyday lives. God's grace, Paul, God promised Paul, God, my grace will be sufficient, will be adequate, will be enough for you and your need. I like that, don't, don't you? It's enough. It's enough. Wow. His grace does not run out. His grace does not run out. May God help us. And Paul's response, Paul's response is a response of spiritual maturity. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. This seems to go against human nature, doesn't it? How many of us like to boast about our weaknesses? You know, you look at athletes, they boast about how strong they are, how athletic they are. But Paul says, I will boast about my strength, about my weaknesses, because it's in my weakness that God's strength comes through. It's in my weakness, it's in my struggles and my difficulties that God proves himself able to meet all of my needs. Wow. Paul took God at his word and found that God was indeed true to his word. When Paul was weak, God was strong. Paul didn't reluctantly accept God's answer. No, he trusted God, leaned on him in his strength, and found God to be completely faithful to his promise. Not only that, he also rejoiced in God's wonderful provision of help and grace. You know, there are times when God says no because he sees the bigger picture and he knows that in the long run what we are asking for would not be good for us. But there are other times when God says no, but he gives us a promise. I will take care of you. I will take care of you. What does this have to do with us? Can God's promise to Paul apply to our lives and to our situations? 
When God answers our prayers with a resounding no, can we trust him to provide the strength and help and grace that we need? The answer is a definite yes. I'm going to ask the worship team to make their way to the platform. But last week, I had a doctor, an eye doctor appointment, and it's done different than anything I've ever had. It's done virtually. But they did all the tests there. They had about six machines set up, took picture after picture after picture, did all kinds of tests, tested for glaucoma. And when they got into the room, the exam room, and the doctor came on on the TV screen, she confirmed what I had been told years ago. Back in my teenage years, I had been diagnosed with a very serious eye disease, Stargardt's disease. And for the longest time, I had no clue what that meant, except the doctor had told me that by the time I was 20, I would be blind. Well, to make a long story short, when the doctor gave that diagnosis, I had just become a Christian. And I just was in town, I just read the Bible. As much as I could read the Bible, I memorized as many passages as I could read, as I could memorize. I just, over and over, I read and read and read and memorized and memorized. When I was close to 30, I saw a doctor, an eye doctor down in Pennsylvania, who told me, he said, well, there's two forms of Stargardt's disease. He said, there's the worst case scenario, scenario and you would have been blind by the time you reached 20. But there's the better case scenario. And the doctor, eye doctor confirmed it the other day. She showed me on the screen the picture of the Stargardt's disease, the damage in the back of the eye and the macula. And she said, that's as far as it went. That's as far as the, it went. Every day that you have vision, is a gift from God. It's a miracle. And what that, that really hit me because you know what? There are times when God provides a great big miracle all at once, and we praise him. But then there's those daily miracles, those daily provisions. God taking care of us. He provides. He provides what we need right when we need it. Oh, it would have been great if he had healed miraculously. But every day I wake up and I can see it's a miracle from God, isn't it? Every day you wake up and you can see it's a miracle from God. Every day you wake up and your heart is still beating. That's a miracle from God. Every day you wake up and your lungs are still breathing. That's a miracle from God. These are what I like to call the daily miracles. God's daily watch care and provision for us. So what does this have to say for us? There are times God says no, but we need to trust him. We need to trust that he sees what we cannot see. But when God gives us a promise and he says, I'll take care of you, I will take care of you, my grace is sufficient for you. We need to take him at his word, don't we? We need to take him as, at his word. We need to rejoice when we are weak because he has promised in those times he will be strong. We need to rejoice in his love and his watch care over us. That's wonderful, isn't it? It's a challenge here for each one of us, isn't it? We need to trust God. We need to lean on him. We need to let him work.
We need to let God do what he wants to do. God is good, isn't he? Let's stand together. We'll have prayer, and then the worship team will lead us in our closing song. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you teach us today. Lord, we thank you for those times when you wonderfully and miraculously answer our prayers and provide what we need. We thank you for those times when you say, wait, and you give us the patience we need for your answer. We also thank you for those times when you say, no, trust me. We thank you for those times when you say no and you give us a promise. Lord, help us to hold on by faith and to trust you and to let you work. Be with us in these closing moments. Just have your way here in each one of our hearts and in our lives. Just encourage us, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.